you gonna help me? Oh, she's got to plug that in yet. That thing has to be plugged in, I think. On this side. <coughs> uh, audio on? Can you hear me all right? Um, yeah, but she needs to punch this thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. There we go. Now I've got to come up on mine. I can do that. Thank you for being here, and um, you're beautiful. And you are what Tom was describing, the prevailing church. The world waits. I was on a television program and kind of big deal, and The man that was leading that said, you know, you seem like you're from the Middle Ages. <laughs> I say, you're getting the message. You're getting the message. <laughs> then, he, then he teared up and said, those of us in the media want to believe there's still people out there like you. I almost changed my message this morning to teach on aroma. <laughs> he jammed my radar. He just absolutely jammed my radar. Eric taught us yesterday, we can be transformed by the removal of our mind. <laughs> What are, you, what are you laughing about? <laughs> uh, Jim LaFoon talked to us about going outside the camp. Most of you are here. That prophetic thing healed something deep in me. You know that. Let me make a couple observations. I'm just trying to 
give you some wisdom of years. The church in America has had 150 years of uncontested success. Uncontested success leads to corruption. Anytime you're in anything that is uncontested, it will corrupt. Washington, D.C. is the capital of the empire. Trillions of dollars flow through. Is it corrupt? Now, I, I'm going to do something. I've been up half the night with joy. I'm not trying to impress you with my spirituality. Um, I was up half the night, partly because of where, uh, where Jim LaFoon was and where Eric took us yesterday. I've never seen him more clear. I have never heard anything as, as clear as Tom just now opened to us. It's a masterpiece. So don't be aware that you should be glad you're here. Another observation is most of us here are older than 50. Now, we've got to do something about that. You hear me? There's a lot of young people here, but most of us. Now, what I'm going to do is something I've never done. I think it's the Lord. I'm convinced that it's the Lord or I wouldn't do it, but it's making me nervous. What I'm going to do is try to show you the Lord's table as a weapon the institutional church has made it an ordinance. I think it is an ordinance, but I think it's more than an ordinance. I think it's a weapon. And I'm going to try, by, by going where uh, Eric was and where Tom just set us as the prevailing church, I'm going to try, if I can, to... Um, to show you something. The Ascension Truth, that's the whole weekend, has been taking us on up the road. Have you felt that? Just going up the road to wherever Father wants to go, we want to go with him. Make disciples, and here's Father's invitation. Baptize them into the fellowship with the Trinity. He's inviting us through the waters of Noah to come into his house. Fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will change the way we approach life. Um, I wish I could expand that. Eric did a good job on it, but I want you to hear this now. Remember, Father has invited you because in the midst of warfare, we always are condemned. There's darkness, there's blackness, there's despair, and we want to run from God instead of running to him. And so I'm going to try to uh, introduce to you again. I don't know how many of you said, Bob, would you please take this corruption thing on another couple steps? And um, I didn't know how to do that, but, I, but the Lord did, all right? And so he really has been pressing me to, to walk through this thing. Now notice this. After all the warfare in Ephesians 6, this is how it's summarized. Uh, the, you know, this is the, the, the armor and the breastplate and all this. And then Ephesians 6 ends like this. Peace be to the brothers and agape with faith 
from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who agape our Lord with an incorruptible love. Now here's what I'm saying. That's the Shema. Love the Lord your God. Come on. When you do that, there's nothing left for anybody else. So I, most of us, many of us, set ourselves on that course. That is, that is uh, an ascension truth. I'm going to love my father with an incorruptible love. Now that's a challenge. Um, dear friends, Build yourself up in the most holy faith. One, praying in the Holy Spirit. That is praying in tongues. Dear Lord Jesus, I need a new Mercedes. <laughs> then I go into tongues. <laughs> and what tongue says, don't listen to him. <laughs> he needs a Volkswagen. Two, keep yourself at the exact center of Father's love. That's what we're going to deal with. Three, this is a bride. This is what Jim or Tom was talking about, a bride. She's open and receptive. Just keep yourself open. Many times we're afraid of God. We're afraid of the future. Don't do that. Keep yourself open. For we are always recipients of his mercy. That's his nature. And uh, I'd like to talk about this is the unending life, eternal life. This is real life, and I may touch on that a little bit. So Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear the second time for salvation. Notice this, without reference to sin. Now, I, I know, I, you know if I believe in corruption, I believe in sin. I also know the scripture says, he that says he is without sin deceives himself. And so there's no biblical conflict here. What I want you to hear me say is this. The church has been so inundated with the consciousness of sin that we're unable to be conscious of God the Father. We have to the second point now. The table has been identified as proclaim my death till I come. But we have made it. Now, all, most, not most Christianity, when, when, Jim, when the Tom put that picture of that house up there almost ready to collapse, I've been at this for 70 years, and when he pictured her as a bride with all the dirt on her, it really helped me because I've been seeing the dirt and not the bride. Really helps me, Tom. Really was. Now watch. The Christian life is not a life of repeated forgiveness. Almost all of it. I, I'm reformed. I've graduated from an Episcopal seminary, and I challenged my professors along this line. You give me one week to grow. And the professor said, what are you talking about? I said, the, the prayer book starts next Sunday. I am a miserable sinner, and there is no good in me. I said, that's where I started last week. Now, what I'm asking for us is for us to begin to deal with the sin question 
and begin to be father conscious rather than sin conscious. If you're continually sin conscious, guilt, condemnation, darkness, failure. I remember a prophetic word one time. Um, the Lord said to this young man, um, you, you are a scrupulous believer. And you said, I was in the drugstore and had a Pepsi. No, 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 it wasn't a Pepsi. It was a Coca-Cola. And I saw it. When we become sin conscious, we start nitpicking and do all kinds of stuff. And we're always looking inside and messing around with stuff. And the Lord said, forget it. I've invited you to my house. Covered you with the blood. You my kid. Quit all that crazy stuff. I said, okay. I'll do it. Now watch. I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of God, Son of Man, very important, not Son of God, but Son of Man. If you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. This does not mean I am disqualified as a believer. It means that I am not on the ascension road to embrace the life that Father wants for us. Not complicated. Life is being presented as the capacity for the freedom to live as a father pleaser. I don't want to live religiously. How many of you, no, no, don't, don't, you're not pleasing me when you say, but how many know religion does strange things to people? <laughs> Isn't that right? And all of us are on guard. This weird thing comes up and starts quoting scripture. Um, I, I back off. See. In fact, I suspect anybody that quotes too much scripture. I get nervous about that. Because you're trying to put the Bible between me and you, and you won't let me get to know you. Now watch. Three ways the Lord table is presented. We all know this, but I felt we needed to examine. Pure symbol. Almost all evangelicals have it as pure symbol. They do it once a month, maybe once a quarter, some once twice a year. Some have Lord's Table Easter and Christmas. Second, the literal body. This is called transubstantiation when the, the wine and the bread become the literal physical body of Jesus Christ. I've been to Rome, done all of that, worked with it. There's, there's some here who understand that very well. The third is called the real presence. When I pick up this cup and hold this bread, God breathes on that, and his presence is represented in that bread and in that wine in some unique and unusual way because he invited us to his presence. Now, that real presence is Lutheran, Episcopal, Reformed, essentially. Um, failure to participate in the Lord's table disallows us the strength and capacity to see and enter that kingdom dimension in which we have been invited. Father has invited us into his house. Eric, I've never seen Eric more clear or Tom more clear Something is happening in our midst, boys and girls. Something good is going on here, and I, I can't read it totally, but I'm telling you, this conference has some kind of a pivotal thing. Hear me? And we do not miss this. Entering the kingdom is relational. It's dependent on our maturity, right? It's, 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 Tom's just laid it out so beautifully and clearly, and it's very, very helpful. All right. Abundant life, it's much more 
than Christ as my personal Savior. We are dealing with ascension truth. Now I want to get over to where I, I want to go with this thing. Now here's the, the, the thing that I'm asking you to consider. All of us are on a journey that we become ourselves a life-giving spirit. Father wants to so transform us that when people touch us, they can smell the coffee <laughs> without all religious talk and all the stuff that comes down. They want to touch a human person. The lightning flashed and the little boy ran into his daddy's bed. He was scared and, and, and the son, he said, son, just go back to bed. The Lord is with you. And the lightning flashed and thunder and he ran into his dad. He said, dad, I know what you're going to say, but I need somebody with skin on. I mean, if you know, hurting world out there is waiting for someone with skin on. But you have, we have to become a life-giving spirit ourselves. Can't work at it. You can't fake it. You can't make it happen. It's a transformation that brings forth the life of Christ. There, here we go. Wine is the Son of God. That's the whole spiritual dimension. It's the source a forgiveness, an agape wrapping around you. Two, bread is the son of man. Christ is both of those. The son of man is the physical dimension, so that when I drink the wine and eat the bread, it is giving me the physical life and ministry of Christ as a father pleaser. Father wants to reproduce in us a love for the Father and the delight in his word that he experienced. And that's the nature of the table and actually the purpose of the table. Combined as bread and wine suggests his having given us both the true goal of life, spirituality, and entering a new governmental reality. Thus the physical capacity to arrive at that goal, his own physical capacity and willingness to do the will of his Father imparts to us his freedom and desire to please the Father. I, I don't know how many years ago when I saw the, the, the obvious goal in the Christian life was to become a father pleaser. That is the stated goal of the New Testament. I wanted to be a father pleaser. I, I said, whatever it costs, however, whatever is involved, show me that, teach me that, take me there. And that's why what Eric was teaching and what Tom presented was so powerful. All right, now watch. Here's what I, I, I want to do. Now, I know this is scary. Water baptism and the Lord's table have been um, held as the church's ordinances. But I'm trying to understand them in normal life. Um, what I want to do is see water baptism as a spiritual weapon. I want to see the Lord's table as a spiritual weapon, when I need it. When I need the Lord's table, I can't wait three months or next week or next month. And so when I'm going to present, and you don't need to, I just want you to examine it with me because I think the church is just now entering its guerrilla warfare state. For years, we didn't have any pro very few problems. Now, we're starting to be post-Christian. Whoa. Supposed to be anti-Christian. How many know the flavor out there 
is in turning quickly against everything we believe. Now, here's what I'm thinking. In the Revolutionary War, the British soldiers stood against the, the American soldiers, and the American soldiers soon wised up and disappeared. And they began what I would call or identify as guerrilla warfare. They were there and they weren't there. And the guerrilla war means you never pick a fight, you can't win. Are all of us aware that the whole concept of warfare has changed? All Navy, all Army, all Marines are changing now and they're doing special forces. Everything is being prepared for a different kind of a warfare. Now if we don't learn that as a church, if we continue to dress in our British uniform with a big red white cross, the American frontiersman will help you. <laughs> he said, don't die for your country. Help the other guy die for his, right? <laughs> now, I'm going to say something, and it's controversial. I didn't want to do it, and the Lord helped me. There is one baptism over the years, I think it's about eight times, I have baptized people again. Why? Because corruption is so deep and so pervasive and so insistent that it surges in some situations all over again. My wife and I have been married 57 years. Someone said, do you ever think of divorce? No. Murder? Yes. <laughs> but not divorce. That's one wife. I know there are people here that need to explore what I'm saying. The goal of your Christian life is to defeat corruption in all of its forms and rise as a triumphant, uh, shining manifestation of Starbucks. How many of you know a lot of us worship at St. Arbucks? In fact, we, had, we have had meetings there, right? Now, if water baptism, I don't know how many people we've buried out here in this lake. Hundreds, thousands maybe. It's not a doctrine. You're not joining anything. What it is, is it's the waters of Noah. Corruption has a way of resurging and tormenting and, and insisting on a place in your life that God does not want it to have. I think it's eight. I'm not sure. I think it's eight. I was trying to think that through last night of people that I have with great care and counsel, I have uh, baptized them the second time. One baptism, and here's how I understand it. I, many of us have renewed our wedding vows. Baptism in, used as a weapon is a renewal of your wedding vows to Christ. Because I am the, the tearing and the pressure of life. Now, I don't want to put too much on that, but I want to do the same thing with the Lord's table. I want, it, I want us to be able to use this as a weapon. Let's go. 
Lord's table is the source and strength of fellowship. There are two acts that are external. Now, this, this external, so wait a minute, here we are. Is this on? Yeah. Um, the external part of this is very important to me. Now, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to get personal with you because I, I felt a little really press me. Um, these two acts are simple acts Christ asked for us to do. But we somehow put them in some ordinance and failed to use them in a way that we might need them in the crisis. If they serve me in the crisis, then they become more applicable, more meaningful, more, more of a weapon. Here we go. They are filled with his presence, and they are essentially unused. Almost all of us go to the Lord's table for more forgiveness. Does it include forgiveness? Of course. That's not what we're coming for. We're coming for to know him, to enter his presence, to learn to know about God, to engage him into the fellowship that he invited us in, in the when he invited us into the nature of the Trinity, as Eric introduced us to. Now, here we go. Is a church ordinance or a spiritual weapon given to keep me at the center of his love? I thought, oh, my goodness. I hope I don't get in trouble with all of the church. Just some of it, all right? Now watch what I'm saying. Please hear me. Corruption is powerful, instantaneous, and unpredicted. It comes at times when you have no idea that that's what's going to happen. Sin is more calculated and more, you know, we know what's happening when there's sin. It's a, it's a transgression. But corruption enters. When Jesus comes up out of the baptism, he immediately enters the wilderness. And what did he encounter? How would you like to be the king of everything? How would you like to use the miracles that you've had? That's all called corruption. The fact that he was uncorrupted is unbelievable. Here we go now. This is what scared me. I can be corrupted, and I can corrupt others. Which is the worst of those two? I didn't want to do this, but I think it has to do with where we are right now in our journey. About 3 o'clock in the morning, I was working on my computer, tired, weary, beat up. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And on the left side of my computer, a thing, a thing emerged on the computer and said, you need an update on your Real time. It was R-E-E-L or R-E-A-L. I'm not sure which. So I clicked on the update. Immediately came up on my computer one of the most beautiful seduction sexual things I have ever seen. It was a shock to me. And I'm by myself, and here this thing comes up, it's about three minutes, it goes, and I, man, I was fascinated. Suddenly, it goes off my screen, and I start trying to find it. And I thought, what in the world is going on here? 
And then I realized that this had awakened something of a corrupted thing in me, and I started to tremble. And I thought, oh my goodness, I understand something now in a way that I didn't understand. Now, I'm, I'm laying myself out before you, man. Don't you miss me. Um, that thing scared me. And then I realized that it was totally unexpected. It came out of the blue. There was no, I did not ask for it or give consent to it. It was there. And then what scared me was it awakened something in me, and then I tried, and, and then the Lord said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Not me, no. I'll, I'll, yeah. and, and, and honestly, it, it just awakened me to what's happening to our kids and all the situations in, 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 but it's corruption. It isn't sin. I didn't do anything. I wasn't asking for anything. It, it, it appeared. How many of you have ever seen the movie The Apostle? Come on, put your hand. If you hadn't, please get on Netflix and look at it, will you? The Apostle, <laughs> I can't tell you the plot, but he's in really in effects and and he goes down to the water, and he baptizes himself. And I, I'm sitting there, my eyes this big around, and I say, you can't do that. You can't do that. And he said, Father, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, name of the Holy Spirit, I baptize you. And he goes down in the water and comes up. You know why? He was a pastor, and he just killed his youth minister with a baseball bat. I wept. I just wept. Because we, we, as Christians, we don't deal with this stuff. We just keep it sanitized and clean, and, you know, we don't want to deal with it. I wept and wept, and I thought, oh, my. At least he knew what to do. He baptizes himself. Now, man, you want to get in trouble, that's it. I'd rather baptize myself than surrender to corruption and find myself losing the battle. It's guerrilla warfare. Let's take the Lord's table. I can't tell you how many times taking the Lord's table by myself or with my wife or with two or three friends saved my buns. There's no reason any of you here cannot hear what I'm saying. Because corruption will increase in America. Little Welsh's grape juice, grape juice and bread. It's all you need. This is how I do it. I come in, I get in my chair and I say, Father, I'm your kid, and you invited me to your table, and I need you right now. I really do. Now, honestly, I don't use Welsh's. I use wine, because my doctor gave me permission. <laughs> but I use wine and bread. And I, 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 I come to the table for fellowship. Let's go here. Let's. Um, oh, that's not what I want. That's all right. Just leave that up. Yeah. 
But see, I come to the table because I need to be with my Father and with the Holy Spirit and with the Son, and they are all three at the table. And I'm using it as a life source, as a spiritual weapon to wash and cleanse and strengthen and enable me to rise again and go again. I thought, Lord, why do you want me to tell these people this? Because you're going to need it. I'm telling you, you will need it. The waters of Noah, oh, let me come back for a moment. Use your prophecies to fight. Now, I'm suggesting we use the Lord's table on water baptism to fight. Stand. Here we go. Waters of Noah used to bury reappearing corruption. The wedding vows. I'm not talking about a second baptism. I'm talking about redoing your, your, your vows to the Lord in the sense that something so strong is hanging on you that you have to bury it. Now, most of the time, you can do it by faith and walk out of it. Sometimes, you cannot. Lord's table used to gain needed strength, assurance, stop the mouth of the accuser. How many here know the accuser works the night shift? How many have ever laid your head down and that voice accusing, accusing, accusing till you think you're going to lose your mind? Luther threw the inkwell at the accusing voice. It was that real. Now, if you've never been accused because you're never doing anything, <laughs> if you ever get up to do something, you will encounter what it is we're talking about. <clears throat> the accuser and corruption has one goal. What is the goal? Separate me from the love of God. One goal. I have a couple brothers here with me. I have, I graduated about 60 men from my seminary, men and women, sorry. Um, I think I only know about five of them that are still in the ministry. Drink my blood, eat my flesh. It's an inclusive way for Christ's personality to interpenetrate your personality. So when, I, when we come to the table, how many here know that when people come to your house, they like to go to the kitchen? Isn't that right? Just, is there coffee on? Isn't that what we say? So is there coffee on? Now, if it's formal, we had, a, we had a formal living room when I was a kid, and nobody ever went in there. And my mother would break your arm if you went in there and got it dirty before the guest came who never went in there. <laughs> Is this right? You're laughing because you know what I'm saying. Because when I come to your house, I want to go to the table. And I'm telling you, we've made it some kind of a thing that isn't what Jesus intended. He wanted a time of fellowship with you and him. And coming to the table alone or with a few or with a church, your whole church, that's, that's beautiful. But you don't need the church to do that. I am come that they may have life. This is the transformation causes his life to begin. Remember, our goal is 
to become a life source ourselves. Wine and blood, the spiritual source of agape, fusion. Bread is the physical source of actual obedience. So when I drink the wine, I am participating in Father's triune, triunity nature. When I eat the bread, I am participating in the physical body of Jesus Christ. And I am, I am being enabled by him to become a father pleaser. Father said, I didn't, I've been waiting for you at the table and you didn't come. And then often we attend a Lutheran church, by the way, so you know, you know me. And Judith is a member and I'm not because I didn't want to tear it up. And beautiful, beautiful people. But all of them go, not for fellowship. What do they go for? More forgiveness. Are you there? Are you all right? That's what they go for. Forgive me, heal me, teach me. Teach me, help me, visit me, witness to me. <laughs> he said, no, come to the table. Come to the table. Wives, you're home alone, things beating you up. There's a way out. A cure your water baptism is clear, and you know who you are and what you're doing, and then Go to the table and enjoy what Father has provided for you. It is not instead of the church. It's a weapon. It's a spiritual weapon that you can use to be able to maintain a consistent witness and become what Father wants you to be. Becoming conformed to his image is human. Blood allows the interpenetration of Christ's spirituality and motive. I didn't, I didn't want to turn this into a teaching. I just wanted to. That's what numbers. Let's go this one. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, you be absence of life. You don't have anything to give other people. Could I take it a little deeper? You all right? Could I take it a little deeper? Song of Solomon says, the bride has never grown breasts, so she doesn't have anything to give to the newborn baby. She, she's without breasts. She's too young. She's too immature. But when she grows up, she, she matures as a woman, a bride, with breasts that are able to nourish and, 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 and give nourishment and strength and impartation to those who are hurting. Oh, no, I don't want to go there. But can I shut that off? Here, I'll just do this. <clears throat> what we're going to do is very simple. It's not going to take long. After you dip your bread in the wine, you're free to leave. Right? What I'm going to do in a moment, here it is. How many see that I am not the whole loaf? No, just a piece, right? <laughs> you're not the whole loaf, you're just a piece. Second, when I break this bread, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm asking you, just hold it. And let me talk to you a moment about what it is that you're holding in your hand. 
Because if you do, you will find this begins to be exceedingly important to us. Then um, we're going to pass the bread out. And what I'd like for you to do is break a piece off about, oh, about the size of a 50-cent piece. Would you do that? Because I want you to be strong in the Lord. <laughs> Not little wafer. This is part of a loaf. This is a loaf. And after we partake of this, all of us are going to have some of the same bread in us. All of us will have some of the same bread, making us to be one in some very real symbolic way. Right? We're going to pass this out. You, when it comes down, you know, just break a piece about this size and hold it, and then I'll talk to you a moment, and then we'll, we'll, we'll break bread, and we'll, we're going to dip, the wine, dip this bread in the wine. There'll be four cups here. You just come up and you dip your bread in the wine. And you're coming to the table not just for forgiveness. You're coming to the table to know him. You're coming to the table to fellowship him. You're coming to the table because he invited you to the table. He knows you're dumb. <laughs> he, he knows you're rebellious. He already, that's why he invited you. He invited you because you're a mess. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I'm coming, Lord. All right, can we, can we? Pass this out now, Jim, and somebody, Eric, could you help me? Just just pass these out and let everyone get a piece. Yes, would you just get everyone, get a piece for everyone? Quick as you can. We, we want to be done on time. Wow. Enough for everyone. I had a kind of twisted desire one time. I was just hoping one time we'd all run out of bread so somebody would feel what it like to get left out, you know. There's enough for everyone. Now I want you to do is take it about size of 50 cent piece, good, good healthy piece, and hold it. Yeah, that's right. Just hold it in front of you. I'm just going to explain something very, very gentle, very real. Um, yes. Man, I'm glad you've taken communion with us, buddy. Yeah. All the persecuted churches, all the nations, all know this. Every, just about everybody's. Oh, yeah. No hurry.
Oh, and this, are we, everybody served? The kingdom of God is like a pearl. If you have a pearl, you just trade up each time. You just trade up till you're finding the pearl. The kingdom of God is like a treasure in a field. When you see this, you sell everything. Kind of bold and reckless. Now, I'm going to say something. Will you look at it? With, just don't look at me. Just look at this. This is the most important thing you own. There is nothing in the universe more important than what you hold in, which is your place in the body of Christ. This is your place. Now look up here. Let me see you. This is my place. I said to the Lord, I will never do anything or allow anything to corrupt this. I will not. If I do, he is faithful to us. So we do need forgiveness. I'm not saying we don't, but that's not the answer. Are you all right with this? You and I, we talk. Are you all right with this? <laughs> I want to love God with an incorruptible love. It's not complicated. I was shocked when I found that. Just shocked. And then I said, Lord, you the one that made this possible. And now he said, what I want you to do is see yourself washed in the blood of the Lamb and welcome in my house. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take this and very, very, very real symbol. We're going to immerse it in the wine, wash covered with the blood of Christ. And I'm going to ingest this. And when I do, it's an inner penetration of my spirit by his spirit. It's, a, it's an act of, of conforming me to his image. It's more than forgiveness. Oh, my God. It's conforming me to his image. It's turning me into a life source for others. Not complicated. Just that when others speak, the Lord would give us answers and give us words and give us healing and strength when others were hurting people. All right, now, we can the, the just put the cups out there, four of them, one on each end. Thank you, brother. And then, if you don't mind, I'd like to be last. <laughs> Instead of first, I would just like to be last. So what we're going to do, after you come, um, just dip it fully. Dip, you know, just uh, dust it off a little bit so it doesn't drip. Now, that's Good, healthy piece of. That's <laughs> not little wafer tastes like styrofoam. <laughs> no, this is no meat, man. This is the real. Now watch. This is a grain of wheat, dyed, ground, made into bread. All right, they come now. Would you just ask the Lord to be, encourage you, just come and dip your bread, and then you're free to go. Just come on, whatever you want to do. There's one on each side.